This is Misunderstood. Why are you doing this podcast? As an opportunity to clear up misunderstandings. I think a lot of people need to hear their own explanations out loud. And if you're not capable of making those explanations out loud and standing behind your word, I think it's difficult for you to say that that word's of any real value. So this is a place where people who feel like they're being taken out of context can speak up. So that's what I'm hoping to get out of this platform. Okay. Now, uh, have you had any interactions that would cause you to believe that there's a, a, any misunderstanding? Yes. I, I'd say in two spaces. The first is a lot of people will tell me what I believe. So they'll say, oh, you're a liberal. So you believe this. And I go, hey, it's not what I believe. Like the only way you can come out on this discussion on the high ground is to tell me what my argument is so that you can then defeat it. And then on the other end, there are a lot of people who have a desire for a racist outcome, for a um, fascist outcome, but don't want to be racist or fascist and then have cloaked their arguments and other things that don't really make a lot of sense. But as soon as you start to strip it away, you see that racism or that fascism at the bottom of it. So I think they're even misunderstood and why they may have some of these motivations. Okay. Well, uh, I noticed that we'll be focusing on uh, on Franklin County. Yes. The big question is, how did you end up in Franklin County? Uh, so deep roots in Franklin County. My parents both had family in Franklin County and grew up as army brats. So we traveled all over the place, but this was always an anchor. Came back to Franklin County, spent summers here. Uh, when my grandfather passed, I came back and lived with my grandmother, went to middle school here. And I think that impacted me enough where I knew I want to graduate from Franklin County High School. And so when I got to my senior year, went to two other high schools, made sure I came back to Franklin County, lived with my grandma, enrolled in Franklin County High School, married a local girl, got a job at the high school, and I've been part of this community, you know, since I was born, but ingrained in it ever since I've been an adult. Okay. Okay. Now I'm going to ask you this question because you asked me and I, I had difficulty answering it, but how do you know when you're wrong? Uh, I, there's kind of three things that I try and do. The first is, what do I want? <laughs> so I try and think about, do I want to be, do I want this to be true? And if I want it to be true, then I need to be skeptical of whether or not I've, I've got a point. Because sometimes you hear something. And one of my favorite ones is people will be like, having a black educator increases student output. And as a black educator, like, I want that to be true. Just the fact that I'm even in the room. All of a sudden, everybody's smarter. So I have to be a little skeptical, skeptical. I have to be skeptical of ideas that I just want to be true. So that's, that's the very first thing is things that I really want to be true or things that I really want to be false. I need to do due diligence on that. After that, it's really about is the source credible? Is the source one I would accept if it says something opposite of what I believe in? And can I repeat the source? Is it hearsay? I think those two things are the, are the, the big ones to lean on. And then the, the final one is, <laughs> what's my stake in it? Uh, you know, if I'm wrong, am I going to lose everything? 
And I think at that point, it's it's something I can't even have an argument with because even if I'm wrong, I'm not going to admit it. So I, I just have to be aware of that. And if it's one of those instances, I don't think it's, you know, I, there are things that I can believe so heavily. I'm just going to believe them no matter what. But I never need to push legislation or I never need to force that idea on somebody else. And I, I think it's okay to have just faith-based truths. But I can't push my faith on you because that faith might be wrong for you. Okay. And so I think those are the three things I always look at. Do I want it? Um, is there a source that's reliable? And is it key to who I am as a person? Okay. Now, how long have you been in Franklin County? Oh, I'm bad at numbers. So I was hoping you wouldn't ask that. <laughs> so I think 18 years would be total time as an educator here full time. And then summers and, you know, two years of public school beyond that. So I think you could add up to 20 years. So half my life would have been spent here in Franklin County. Okay. So in your travels, where have you been? <laughs> um, used to describe it as Kansas. Missouri, most of the East Coast, Germany, Puerto Rico, <laughs> and St. Croix. But even most of the East Coast is a misnomer. It's Georgia, Virginia, Pennsylvania uh, would be the East okay. Coast. Okay. Okay. <laughs> so moved around quite a bit, but uh, Franklin County's always been your home. That's it. Okay. About every three years, we were somewhere else. <laughs> It's interesting being interviewed by somebody who's there for all those three years. <laughs> Someone who can answer these questions for you. You, you remember? You were there. <laughs> Looking at me for answers. Is that right? <laughs> Nothing ruins a good story like an eyewitness. <laughs> all right. Any other questions? Uh, I don't have anything written. Okay. Well, are you ready for the other direction? Ready to be questioned? I guess. Let's go. All right. So, well, the first question is... How did you end up in Franklin County? Um, go with what you said. Uh, <laughs> this has always been my home. You know, uh, have attending five different elementary schools, two middle schools, a junior high, and two and a high, two high schools. Uh, you know, living all over the East Coast and even in Europe. Uh, but spending every summer here since. I was born. Uh, this has been my constant. This has always been my home. When we're here, we have family. I'm, I, there's a comfort level that comes with being in Franklin County, knowing that I'm, I'm safe. <laughs> you know, I can go anywhere, have a flat, and, and be rescued within 30 minutes. Yes. <laughs> well, reflecting on this county, what's the biggest problem this county is facing? Um, I, I think there's a, a great divide and uh, an unwillingness to to listen. Uh, I think that that's where where this podcast comes in. You and I have we're able to move around and talk to different groups that we, most people don't find approachable because nine times out of ten they just want somebody to listen. <laughs> and. and and once you listen, you find that you have more in common with that person. Mm -hmm. You know, you're not you're no longer the, the Black Lives Matter or the, the conservative right winger. You know, we're somebody who, who is a family man. You know, we both have children who play sports. We have a common ground. It just it just takes getting through all the BS to finding that. <laughs> and that works well, works right into the next question. 
who would you like to bring to this table? Who would you like to put in front of the microphones? Who's able to come help solve this problem of not being heard in Franklin County, of not being listened to? Um, me personally, I, I'd start with anybody who's thrown a Confederate flag in their yard. I feel like they want attention. Uh, I feel like they put that out there because they want somebody to listen to them, you know, and it might not be that they can support the Confederacy. It might just be that Black Lives Matter is getting too much attention. They don't feel like they're being heard. Why can't we sit down and talk to them? Nine times out of 10, that person with that rebel flag is actually approachable. I, I learned that working with the Census Bureau. You know, guys tell me, don't go down there. That guy, you know, he's got all that Confederate memorabilia. And then you get down there. He's like, man, I would have filled out the form. I just didn't know how. <laughs> OK. <laughs> uh, so, Will, talks about who you like to bring. What is the greatest selling point of Franklin County? Uh, for me, uh, it's my family. Uh, having, you know, first cousins and aunts and uncles that are within five to 10 miles, it, it gives me a comfort that I couldn't get anywhere else. Uh, living in St. Louis, we didn't have that. You know, we had friends, but we, we didn't have family. And being in Franklin County, you know, everybody says, you know, <laughs> You're related to you're related to everybody. And it is true. I, if you know somebody that knows somebody that knows me, you know, chances are we're related somewhere in there. So we've got this great family connection with Franklin County. How do we invest in those family connections to make them stronger in the county? How does the county invest in creating more family connections or strengthening family connections? Um I don't I I feel like in a in a way Franklin County does. Um and and I bring up, you know, we used to live in St. Louis, Missouri, and when you saw a Confederate flag out there, you didn't knew that person wasn't approachable. It was it was the Midwest. Out here, it was kind of a culture shock, you know, because a lot of the friends that I have believe in, in the Confederate flag and that it's a representation of the South. And they're some of the nicest people you, you'd ever meet. I know that if if I was to have a flat tire somewhere around here, you know, one of those guys would probably come by and help me out. It's, it's happened. I've run out of gas and somebody with the conf sons of the Confederate soldiers pulled over and <laughs> he, he gave me a gas tank to help get some, some gas in my truck. So. All right. Well, all right. So tell me about the community groups that you are invested in. Who, who do you meet with in Franklin County? What are your community groups? Um, I'm in, I, my community groups are, are groups that I feel uh, benefit me and my family. I am a member of the NAACP, um, Black Lives Matter. And, and those are because... Franklin County is a great place to live, but it, it can also be better. When I was growing up, I had two African-American teachers at the high school. Chances are now with the way things are going, having 7% African-American representation in the entire school system, chances are my son might not have an African-American teacher. And we know that having one teacher increases my child's chances of, of graduating. Having two 
African-American teachers increases his chance of going to college. So representation is important. That's why I'm a member of the NAACP. Uh, as far as Black Lives Matter, I've had dealings with, with a law enforcement where I feel like I'm the one who needs to make the officer comfortable in that situation where I've had reasons to be upset, but because I'm on the opposite side of the law, I, I need to make sure that he's comfortable with pulling me over so that I can get home to my family safely. And I guess I've passed that on to my son. And also, I guess I, I feel like it's it, it's an important thing to be a member of. I can, I can talk about it later when I'm more scripted. <laughs> well, I, I'm going to get you something unscripted here. Mm-hmm. Tying those two in. So that, that good old boy that with a Confederate flag that stops and helps you with the gas. Mm-hmm. How do you get him to come to NAACP or Black Lives Matter? How do you create that bridge? How do you get him at the table? Um, it's difficult because I, I feel like we've tried. Uh, maybe they have to be in the car with me when I'm being pulled over. One of those being pulled over for <clears throat> we find out after we we stop you, <laughs> and, and it's happened several times. You, know, you, you really saw my my plates were expired. You know, you passed me at fifty miles per hour on the opposite lane or or my my tent is too dark but then after you check it you don't cite me for it that I think maybe them being in in the car with me might help but it's it's hard for them to understand that it, it's happening that I'm being discriminated against so it's something you think people have to witness firsthand that's why so many African Americans are passionate because yeah we have we have yes and and, and we have to be careful with that because it's just as easy for them to write it off as, you know, I was deserving of it. Because if I handle a situation of me being pulled over, being upset and asserting that my rights were violated, being too aggressive with the officer, then that justifies me being pulled over. And I say, and I ask, man, this, that point where we go, okay, there's no way they can understand me unless they've experienced it. That's some of my fear moving forward is that they'll tell me something that I need to believe, but I can't because my life experience is so different. So when they, when they tell me this Confederate flag means this to me and I go, no, it doesn't, (laughs) you know? And so that's one of those things that I think maybe even falls into my third category. Do you have any ways of combating that? Um, empathy. I, I, I have realized for some that, you know, especially with the Civil War, they really, a lot of the soldiers really didn't have a reason to fight. So it was nothing to be proud of. So they got a consolation prize. They got a, a monument that reminds them of, of their grandfather in, in the war he fought over <laughs> slavery, <laughs> which or, or the lost cause, whatever. But to them, they don't see that it was it was a war over slavery. They see it as a their their grandfather who who had shrap metal in his, in his, his took his. <laughs> 
<laughs> so he wouldn't lose the farm yeah. and he had to fight. Uh, they, they don't see it as, as somebody who's fighting for oppression. How do you connect that day to we? So you say they see it that way. How do you build enough empathy, empathy to see that they as a we? So you know, I also feel things that way. Do you have any? Have you figured out a way to create that kind of empathy with someone who's in love with the Confederacy? Um, I try not to hold anything that dear. Uh, <laughs> and, and and I guess you know, us growing up in the, in the military house, I, I, we felt that way about the Buffalo Soldiers. Mm-hmm. Uh, but as I got older, I realized that not everything they did was good. They they were used to <laughs> for the westward expansion and and annihilating several Native Americans. <laughs> you know. So I've learned that you know, if if my children come and say, hey, you know, we've learned the history of the Buffalo Soldiers, that monument needs to come down. I I, I may admire it, but I agree, you know. It, it's almost listening to the next generation's view yes, of the yes, truth yes. helps. Okay. And so I think that, that leads us to another group we need to start in interviewing is not just yep, yep. the guy who flies the Confederate flag, but his son or his daughter. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, what are you most, uh, let me see him go a little bit. Tell me about raising a family in Franklin County. Oh. <laughs> it's a perfect place to raise a family. Uh, aside from the lack of representation, but my my children get that uh, during their extracurriculars and sports uh, with the grandparents who have who my family had, had know several well known uh, educators. Uh, sadly, they're former educators and, and retired uh, administrators in the school system that have haven't been replaced. Uh, but my my children have come across them and, and they're able to make these conversations with them. So my kids will be okay. My worry is for the kids that don't don't know the these established families in Franklin County. That are are missing that representation. Don't know that they can become doctors and lawyers and, and principals and teachers. So, a lot of passion. What are you most passionate about right now? My family. They keep me going. Okay. Keep me on my toes. <laughs> now, when you say your family, you're talking about raising them. Are you talking about being involved in their daily activities? Is it? How do you, how do you see that passion for your family fulfilled? Uh, I don't know if it's a fulfillment as as much as it is a a reason to keep going, a reason to constantly improve, a reason why I want Franklin County to be better. Can you give a clear definition or, given the opportunity, clear up something you feel misunderstood about? That I feel misunderstood about. Or something that people define you as that you'd like to give your own definition for. Oh, I don't know. Troublemaker. (laughs) 
I, I, I have a Black Lives Matter sticker on my, on my bumper, but it's there for conversational purposes. I've had conversations with uh, my HVAC repairman. And I, I've, I'm glad that I, I live in a place where he felt comfortable enough to say, hey, you know, what is that about? And that led into a conversation about, you know, uh, unequal uh, happenings in, in the criminal justice system. My experience in the criminal justice system where I've benefited from living in Franklin County in a small town. I've gone before a judge who allowed me off to get off because he had my grandmother as a, an administrator when he was in elementary school. Something that that I don't feel other African-Americans in Franklin County are able to experience that because they didn't have the upbringing I had. Uh, Sorry, did I get off tangent? You, no, no. It, it, it seems pretty good that you want kind of to be able to offer the same benefits you had by having this deep-rooted family mm. to other African Americans. I imagine there are a lot of white folks that would like to have the same privilege offered to their lives. It seems like something good to fight for. Now, when this repairman asked you, like, what's this about? Mm-hmm. How was his approach? Did he do a good job in, 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 in questioning this? Did he? How, how do you remember that interaction beginning? Um, well, he, he felt comfortable talking to me because, uh, I think he, he student taught with, uh, <laughs> my sister-in-law. <laughs> so, uh, that kind of brought, brought his guard down a little bit and, and he, he felt comfortable enough to ask me about it. Uh, sorry, where was I going with this? <laughs> How comfortable he felt, and I'm hoping you're kind of going in the direction of um, whether he was apprehensive. Like, was he anti BLM when he saw it in his questioning? Was he absolutely neutral? Was he a little pro BLM? What did he? Uh, did he I, I, I think he he might have been a little more neutral, um, but on the side of of not totally agreeing with it. Mm-hmm. And, and we've come across several people like that uh, use the George Foley argument that black lives matter, but why does George Floyd have to be the face of black lives matter? My argument is I'm sure that he would take his life over me. <laughs> he didn't prefer it either. <laughs> All right. I got the, my closing question. Okay. What keeps you in Franklin County? Oh, tough because I've, I've thought about leaving several times uh, more so after the uh, they voted on a referendum on whether or not to keep the monument and when I realized that uh, 70% of the, the county was in favor of keeping a monument knowing its, its history or being oblivious to its history not wanting to study the history uh, it almost felt like the time for me to leave. Uh, my comfort over my kids growing up in an environment where there is representation became a factor in that. So I, I'm still on the fence about about leaving. <laughs> but while I'm here, I I do want to make strides to to make Franklin County a better place that is more inclusive. Yeah. 
that's my list of questions. That was your list of questions. I think it's not bad. Um, it's a lot longer than uh, than 10 minutes, I believe. We're at 23 minutes <laughs> of just questions. We didn't do an opening. We didn't do a closing. Um, it's not, not too bad, though. All right. Now, uh, let me ask you, because uh, you've been considered an active activist. Yes. Uh, I consider myself an activist. Tell me why. Uh, because I, I'm willing to act on it. I've I, I gotten a chance to say that before in other places. If there's something that I believe in strongly, I'll act on it. I'll, I'll stand up and I'll speak to people and I'll defend my point. I'll offer reasons and rationale behind it. Um, try and move things out of that third rail where it's just as I believe it and move it into that second space where I'm the person that you can then quote. Why, why do you now believe Black Lives Matter? Well, I heard Darnell talk about it and I trust Darnell. So he's now my source. So that's my activism. This podcast hopefully becomes an extension of my activism, which is offering a reasoned voice and listening to other reasoned voices that may have opposing views. Okay. Have you come across anybody that you couldn't reason with? Yes. Yes. And I have been people that you can't reason with. I'm I'm Christian. And there's a lot of evidence that, you know, like Jesus didn't exist. <laughs> but you know what? I'm turning that noise off. <laughs> you ain't going to convince me. Because that's not the point of my faith. And so I can't be convinced in that instance. But that shouldn't hurt you. You know what I mean? Because I don't believe, and I, I'll go to one of the extremes. I don't think this one bothers me one way or the other, but gay marriage. So if I don't believe in gay marriage, that was pretty simple. I'm not going to marry a man. <laughs> and that's as far as it needs to go. But I don't need to prevent anyone else. Hmm. And so I have my own views that I don't think need to be adjusted, but I always want to have the freedom to make those choices myself. But I never want to have the requirement to force somebody else to make those choices. So I know there are people who can't be reasoned into or out of a position, and they shouldn't have to be. Okay. But they also shouldn't be able to go make legislation to keep you from making your choice one way or the other. Okay. And I, that's that's my view on a lot of that. Is yes, it's good to have things that you go well. I just believe in this, and that's it. Good. Now let somebody else make that same decision. <laughs> So I, I, that's where that delineation is. Okay. I can respect. Yeah. <clears throat> the conversations that are interesting, though, are where you run up against somebody else's logic and all they have left is their faith. But they're not capable of saying that. So if you, you say something, I guess some of the more terrible ones are like, you know, um, Black cities, the Democrats. So most crime-ridden cities are run by Democrats. run by Democrats. But also, the lowest crime cities are run by Democrats. And also, the highest crime rural areas are run by Republicans. Because Democrats run cities and Republicans run rural areas. So high crime or low crime doesn't really matter. But the point of that statistic doesn't have anything to do with crime. It's the idea that Democrat areas are criminal because Democrats are criminal. 
And that's the reason that point's brought up. So if you start bringing in some of those other things, it doesn't matter. Because I just need to believe Democrats are bad. Okay. <laughs> and so getting people into those logical points gets interesting when you when you start whittling away and getting someone to go, well, why do I believe Democrats by being having a Democrat mayor all of a sudden crimes pops up? Like that doesn't make any sense. But I believe that. That keeps me from voting for a Democrat. I may like this guy a lot, but he's a Democrat. If I vote for him, crime's gonna start here. <laughs> Everybody knows crime and Democrats go hand in hand. hand. Biden criminal family. Uh, uh, What'd you think? Pretty good. All right. Well, we're at 28 minutes. Should we try and get the other two minutes in to even this thing out at 30 total? Why not? (laughs) And if we're going to do that, I really think making sure that we have room on the table for the very, very hot topics and who in the world will we bring in? So one of the hot topics, of course, is going to be Roe v. Wade overturned. Would you like to see this done from a legal standpoint, from a faith standpoint? Who would you like to bring to that table? Personally, I'd I'd like to go faith-based with Franklin County being in the Bible Belt Mm -hmm. and being so highly religious. I'd I'd go faith-based because I feel like that's where most people are forming their opinions in this area. Okay. So criminal justice, who would you like to bring to the table? Police officers, criminals, or those people who are on the other side of the criminal justice, the um, probation officers, folks like that. Is there a D, all of the above? There is a D, all of the above. (laughs) We want them all. All right. Well, I think we have, we will have that opportunity if we want uh, can you think of another hot topic that needs to be hit at some point? Uh, I think one that, that you and I kind of uh, shy away from just because it doesn't affect us directly. It, the LGBTQ community. I, I feel like they're misunderstood. I, and I've become more empathetic to their story after hearing them speak, especially on the bathroom issues. Hearing somebody from the trans community talk about, you know, why is this such a hot topic in Franklin County? I just want to go to the bathroom. <laughs> and, and then hearing the statistics on, on the amount of of transgender people that suffer from urinary tract infection because it is such an issue. You know, that, that kind of that kind of touched me. So I'd, I'd like to. I, I agree because I, I have also been a poor ally at times to some of the transgender students that I've, I've had dealings with. And I, it reminds me when people tell us like, oh, the white liberal is kind of the worst thing that you can have. I have been, I think, the white liberal equivalent <laughs> to some members in the trans community where I could help them the best I could, which wasn't very much. And sometimes, you know, the one person they were like, well, at least that guy's got my back. And then I say something stupid and ignorant and go, well, yeah, he tried. And so, yeah, I think that is a good one too. Yeah. And also, I think that it shows that we're willing to learn. Uh, I think that's what we're trying to get out of this podcast. Empathy for for empathy. <laughs> that's what we should have named. Welcome, Dr. 
Well, we're at 3115. Let's cut it. Let's cut it. Well, he said something that was a little bit dangerous. He told me I could talk about anything I wanted to. And you know, I am my son's mother. Don't you know no one like me? The introduction has been so decidedly different. I got a chance to share not only what he has meant to me, but what he has meant to a generation. What did I teach him? Can you hear me? Yeah. And why can't you hear Carolina. I'm just a soul whose intentions are 